going to give you three reasons on why you should keep eye contact. Stick around and find out what those are, what are the pros, the cons, and uh, why I think we do this. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the BPM Podcast, your favorite podcast in the world. Listen, guys, I'm back, like always, unless I get another tooth chipped, but I'm going to be back every week um i've been told that eye contact is evasive i've been told that eye contact is uncomfortable i've been uh, uh, i've been told or i've heard eye contact is judgmental um i've been all these trigger words all this uh, little nuances nuances of why eye contact is no longer accepted in society like a normal regular society don't want to practice this at all and i think we're being reason number one i think is uh, electronics 100 percent. because like right now i'm looking at four inches below the camera give or take the camera is uh slightly elevated so i'm not even looking because if i look at it i'm staring into your soul and it's uncomfortable and i can see your demons your skeletons i can see what makes you uncomfortable i can see you what makes you tick but that's too much right so we go back to this and this is normal it looks like i'm looking at you straight into your eyes but i'm not and i think or i live with eye contact i live for it i live by it i enjoy it give it to me look at me in the eye i look at you in the eye we fall in love and next thing you know we're you know making babies or we're having a heated argument it could go either way right it could, you could essentially do both of those things by pure eye contact what do you i'll give you an example love making right not that i'm a love maker but what i'm saying is that it it could be very beneficial for you and your partner to engage in this activity where you look each other in the eye and make it a memory not just make it a you know a tuesday morning thing the other one is if you look at somebody in the eye at a gas station and they're having a bad day, they're going to be like, hey, what are you looking at? What the fuck are you look? Why are you mad dogging me, huh? You want to fight? I'll fight you today, tomorrow, any day. I'll kill you. And that can lead to that. All right. So. But how weird is it that eye contact is a telltale sign of. Either or those, either of those two things. It's either a a great asset to have, or it could be a not so great asset to have. I try to keep eye contact with everyone that I'm talking to, and yes, part of it is because I want to judge their character, not their character. I want to judge their the silliness of them. 
Like, if you're silly about something, I'm going to judge you for it. And as I should, too. If you find that I'm silly or whatever, judge me. It's okay. Like, it it don't bother me. It's not like, hey, remember, guys, remember Poncho? Poncho's back. Um, it's not the end of the world. Words shouldn't uh, matter that much. But they do. And there's nothing... Is there something we could do as a society that gets triggered by words when the motto of the land is freedom of speech? The motto is, you know, freedom of speech in all regards. But when I say something that doesn't align with your principles or your agenda or your prejudice now is an offense now i'm triggered now i'm uh, you 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 overstepped the line now there's this all there there's there's this all other consequences of what really freedom of speech is. i forgot what i was saying right there i went blank i ain't gonna lie to you i went blank but if I'm playing by your rules and freedom of speech is I can say whatever I want as long as I don't hurt somebody physically or, or threaten physically their their existence, then I can say whatever, right? I, I'm just speaking my mind and part of the problem is that when you speak your mind is not always taken as as you're trying to convey it. And I mean and what I mean by that is that frustrations, stress, all those little things that make makes us humans also play a big part in in how we interact with interact with Everybody in the, in our lives, in our circles, in our uh, work environments, all those little things take take a, a big part of how you react to the world, or how you react, or how you act. Essentially, how do you how do you act under all these little pressures that we all have? Not just you. My my might not be as big as yours. Yours might not be as big as the next guy. But we all have them. Um, being emotional about things, it's part of our nature. It, it's part of, of, of how we cope with what's going on in front of us. You know, uh, I'm going to share with you guys an example of what those things are in my own personal life. Uh, I was 16 year old that. You know, goes to high school, public high school, and this kid is non-emotional. He has very telltale signs whether he's happy or not happy. If he's unhappy, he'll tell you, and you can see it. You can see it, and if he's happy, which is 98% of the time, he's always, you know, 
joking around, making people smile, making people laugh. Um, very respectful young man uh, to others and to himself. The most important I told, uh, that, that I talked to him about is self-respect. You have to have uh, self-respect in order to... To know what is beneficial for you and not. Because if you don't have self-respect, it's uh, it blurs the line of what's right and what's wrong. Or what's beneficial for you. Like uh, hanging out with the with the wrongdoers. Uh, not the wrongdoers, the, the troublemakers. You know what I mean? Like that, is that beneficial or is it because they're cool and they're giving you a... Is that beneficial? Not really. But at the end of the day, they're still kids. They're still... Uh, you know, gonna fail early on and who knows, they might be better later on in life. But right now, as it, as we're talking, uh, some of those kids are not making the best options for themselves academically because they are, who knows what's going on at home. And we can't really, we can't sit here and judge them because of that. They don't have any control. They're just reacting to what's happening in their life. So my kid gets into an argument with a teacher. Uh, one thing he, he hates the most is being lied to. Blame him from, for something that he didn't do and then make him carry the burden uh, of that lie. It, it really sets him off. It really, he really, it, it's a strong uh, believer that if, he didn't do it. This is how good this kid is. Even if he did it, he will tell you, even if he gets in trouble. I didn't teach him that. He just, that's who he is. If Even if he fucks up, he's going to tell you, hey, I messed up. I'm sorry. How can I fix this? What can I do better to fix this? How can I approach this in a different manner so I don't have the same outcome? And this is from him just observing or, or, or just as him becoming a man or what have you. I don't I'm still debating what what's going on, how the character that he's built is just his own, like he is developing this persona under our guidance and and. I approve of it. He stood up for himself with the teacher, went down. Some other students were making a, a mock of the class, and they were being funny, so he laughed. And by him laughing, the teacher took it out on him, sent him out to the tension, blah, blah, blah. But before the tension came, he told him, I was like, you're lying. You're, you're just being a dick, and you're lying about what I did. I just laughed. That's it. And that wasn't... The, I'm just reacting to what they're saying, but they don't get in trouble. What is this about? So we meet with the teachers, the principal, everybody. I meet with everybody. I write a white person email, angry. Uh, or concerned. Let's say, not angry. I was concerned of... The procedures the school was taking. Because if you take my kid out of class. 
and you put them in detention. There's a behavior issue that needs to be addressed, whether on the teacher's part or my son's part. But I need to know what's going on. You can't just keep me in the dark and pretend that, like, we're not going to get to the bottom of this. So we came to a conclusion that would best serve my son's life in the future. And that was to proclaim him, you know, men of the year. I'm just playing. No, that was to, they give him two options. We can move you from the class if you think the teacher is not going to act. Their words, if the teacher is not going to relinquish this relationship and, and apologize, we can move you classes if you feel more comfortable. This kid said, per his words, through the superintendent or somebody called me yesterday. Yesterday, the day before, they called me and they asked him, like, what do you want to do? He's like, I want to stay in that class and finish the year with Mr. Blah, blah, blah. And, the, and then, I, then they asked him why. He goes, because I think it's important. This is, this kid is... I think it's important for me and him, even though we don't get along to work together, it'll benefit both of us. I was like, what? He said that? That's such an insight for a 16-year-old to have. He wants to resolve an issue with a, a, a person that has a power dynamic Almost as the real world. He's in charge of the class, your boss, your manager. Somebody in real life has the power uh, dynamic, right? And it's not a natural power dynamic because we're all humans and we all think and we all have our own way of doing things. But in this instance, it, the, the way it works. He wants to stay around and figure out a, a, a solution to this problem. So we talked. And he's going to put the ball on the teacher's court. He could just, this is what I told him to do. He could just say, move me classes and avoid the whole situation and never fix it. But what does that teach him? That when it gets, when life gets, when life is not lifing, what do you do? You just escape and run away the other way? Run the other way? No. You face it, try to fix it. If it doesn't get fixed, then we try something else. But if you don't even try to fix the issue at hand, what am I teaching you? That it's okay to run away? No, like you got to finish where you started. So he decides to do that. I tell him what to do, how to approach the teacher, um, and see where it goes from here. He has the option to say, you know what? It's not working out. I'm out this class. I could take another class. This is just an elective. I could just take another. This is an elective that he wants to have. And, and, and he could just pick something else. But it's. And it got me thinking because as we're having this conversation with him, he's looking me in the eye. I'm looking him in the eye. I was like, the same way you look at me when you ask me for stuff, when you are 
telling me a story. I want you to look at the teacher's face. I don't want you to look down like you're in trouble. You stood up for yourself for something that was that you felt was disrespectful, and I'm proud of you for that. But don't put your tail between your legs like you've done something wrong. And if you do something wrong, admit to it. The truth is your biggest savior. It'll save you at the end. So he's like, I thought I was in trouble because I used foul words. I'm like, you're not in trouble for using, for, for expressing frustration in the moment it's happening. You don't know how to unpack it or word it. You just say it. And that's what people say sometimes when I'm angry or mad, I say shit I don't mean. And we still do it as adults. And that's what I was trying to explain. As adults, some people don't have the capability of remending relationships with family, friends, co-workers. Because we're too proud, we're too dumb sometimes to unpack what's happening. And we rather ignore it like it never happened. But then what does that leave you? You have no growth. To show for if you start doing that from now until like you're 50, 80, who knows? Then it'll follow you around and you'll find out that relinquishing, relinquishing and fixing problems, it is 70% of your life as an adult. So this lesson came to you early, so take it. You're, there's no bad consequences coming from you standing up for yourself. And trying to make things better and prove your point that just as you give respect, you should be respected also. Was it? And he admitted to a couple of things. He's like, maybe I shouldn't be laughing at what they're saying. Maybe I should be focused more on my work. I was like, you're telling me all the answers I want to hear. I'm not even asking you what you have done different. You're already recognizing what went wrong for you and you didn't think it was going to go wrong for you you know and 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 eye contact and that me and him having that conversation was eye-opening because i was like so many times i've had conversations with people where they don't even look me in the eye they look somewhere else. They look at the floor. They look beside besides me. They look next to me. Um, they'll make a quick eye contact, like laugh, and then back away. Or sometimes they even say, "Hey, your eyes are judgmental. Your eyes are say are describing words I feel insecure about." Wait. My eyes are saying words that make you feel insecure about yourself. Then you have bigger issues. If you're 46 years old and eye contact makes you tremble. You got to fix that issue. I want you to practice this. I want you to be like, hey, I'm going to look you right in the eye and whoever breaks buys dinner. It's not a staring contest. It's a conversation with eye contact. It's a conversation. It's a storytelling. It's something with eye contact. Let me know that you can, you know, stay focused. And the best way that I do it, if I'm look, I'm going to tell you a, a little trick right here. If you want to look at people's eyes while talking to them, don't look them in the eyes. Look them right on the nose, right there. 
right there. And it makes them think you're looking at their face, but you're not. You're just focusing on their nose. And this big knocker, it catches eyes. You know what I'm saying? And I can't do 69 with this knocker. This knocker is like, it'll be like a 71. You know what I mean? If you know, you know. Um, but eye contact is important. I, as a society, we should be able to look each other in the face. We spend so much time in our... <coughs> we spend so much time... Excuse me. So much time in our phones, on our devices, that we forget that people are real sometimes. You know, you're like, hey, that's a real person with real feelings. But I don't care. This guy dancing on TikTok is way better. Like, a hundred percent times better. You know? Oh, that's right. You're... Mm, I'm sorry. This is this is demanding my attention more. And we're losing that little by little. The next generation is going to lose a little bit more. And then eventually we're just going to not even worry about our faces. We're just going to have faceless meetings. Faceless meetings with ideas. Because if you have good ideas and good conversation... I don't mind looking at your face, but if you have a shitty conversation or a shitty idea or a shit story, keep it to yourself. Don't bring it. Don't bring that stuff to me. Like I, I can look you in the face any day of the week, but when is you when you start talking about 1979 and the Catholic teacher, you know, beat you with a paddle because he was a Marine and a, nobody cares. Like. <laughs> I didn't. I don't care. So people ask, "Why you ask so many questions? Why you ask? Why you always priding? It's not that I'm priding. Is that um, when I'm interested in something, I'm interested." I'm interested in in, 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 in in the way that your brain works. Whether I find it amusing, silly, or just plain old crazy. That's the parameter right there. Like crazy, I could I could deal with it a little craziness here and there. But like I want to see what makes you cringe a little bit. I don't know why. I don't know why I am the way I am. I'm not trying to understand it, but I'm just, this is who I am. You are who you are. And there's no, oh, I'm going to understand what you're saying now. I, I, I get what you're saying. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying, how I interact. It's how I am there's nothing I can do about it and people try to like it's because I'm Mexican or it's because I'm white or it's because no it has nothing to do with it like when's the last time when's the last time that you were like I'm gonna have a sandwich because I'm Mexican or I'm gonna have some tacos because I'm German no, I'm just going to have whatever I want to have because I want to have it, not because I am this or I am that. It's getting a little crazy. Everybody understands that 
You know, we're all different, but we're all the same at the same time. Just you're playing a video game. Life is a video game. You're playing the video game different than I am. And that's okay. You don't have to like the way I play it. I don't have to like the way you play in yours. You know what I'm saying? It, it It's very interesting. And I think point number two, why eye contact is a good trait to have is self-presence. You're present in the moment. You're not wondering, you know, you're not, you're sitting down and shaking your leg like your brain is somewhere else. No, you're right here, right there. Like I'm looking at you in the eye. You know, and you know that I'm about to write you hard and put you away wet if I'm, but we're talking and we're having a conversation like this. It, 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 it demands attention. It doesn't demand attention, but it demands, uh, hey, come here. Give me five seconds of your time. Just right here. Me and you, five seconds. And get the message out, get it loud and clear and move on. And I think number three. For sure. Number three, and I think it's the most important out of of them all. You can find a liar if you scratch a thief. You know what I'm saying? You know where that line's from. So if you look at someone in the eye and you're asking questions regarding certain things, you can tell when they're lying. They'll be clicked in. And you ask him, and he's like, um, it's what we do we want our brain wants to lie but even like our eyes know that like hey your motherfucker about to lie his ass off so we gotta buy him a little time to tell us a story about how he got there you know like hey so i was walking down the street the other day you know smoking crack on a pipe holding hands with a, a homeless person and he told me he could make me a millionaire so i gave him my food stamps and then he went and bought Red Bull, you know, and shrimp and went under the bridge and had a feast with his friends. And I ended up homeless. That's a story that probably happened. If that happened to you, I need you to reach out to me. If you gave homeless food stamps and they fucking robbed you. God bless your soul. Because they doubled up on the food stamps. But I'm saying, like I'm saying, that's today's episode. Today's episode is about having self-respect, self-love, to stand up for yourself in the midst of getting in trouble. Because the truth will set you free. You've heard that. I've heard that. But try to love yourself a little bit more every day. That's all, like, that's all you need. You don't need confirmation. You don't need from anyone. Love yourself and it'll bleed through everything else you do. Be selfish about how you love yourself and everybody below you will feel the way, feel the way uh, 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 of you loving yourself. You know, there'll be a better, they'll be in a better position if you love yourself. If you're a happy, loving person, person i get it but you have to love yourself because it all starts there how can you love somebody else when you don't even love yourself 
how, how are you going to love those around you? Is it just like from the mouth out or is it from the heart? You know what I'm saying? So I'm not trying to preach. I'm just living my life and essentially recording it. So one day I can look back and and and, and, and see my growth because my growth is not over. And your growth shouldn't be either. Like, where are you right now and where you want to be? Two different things. So, you know, get your shit together and, and pile on through. Because no one's going to care. No one's going to pay your bills. Nobody really actually definitely cares. So stop pretending that that somebody else's opinion is what's keeping you where you at. You're keeping yourself where you at because you should got you should not even give a fuck about anybody. And do what makes you happy. Yeah, but you don't understand it's hard. Everything's hard. Everything's upside down. But to get where you need to be, where you want to be, it's going to take some alone nights, some lonely nights, and, and, and see who's who. So make sure that, you know, you be kind and nice to everyone around you, but yourself as well. So with that, I'm going to leave you to it because we're flying out to Colombia, you know, uh, next week. I wish. I'm playing the fucking Columbia, you know. <laughs> See, I was alive right there. That's a straight up lie. If I ever go to Colombia, we're going to go visit Pablo Escobar's fucking grave. You know what I mean? Oh. My son makes teachers call him Pablo. I got on the phone. She's like, hey, am I speaking to Pablo's dad? I'm like, what? I was like, yeah, but that's just his name. It's like, oh, yeah, we know. That's just the nickname we give him. I'm like, this little fucker, you know? But stay blessed because this ain't your army. Ta-ta.